Thank you again for joining us on another episode of the Love of Life podcast. And he's back with us tonight. It's Mark Horn. He's going to talk with us tonight about his incredible transformation that he's had. Everything from a stroke to strength training coming up on the Love of Life podcast. Christian education. Because it serves him who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Is the love of life. This is the Love of Life podcast. Conversations with Jesse and Courtney. Okay, and we're back. Mark, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast to talk to us. Thank you for having me again. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So Courtney and I met you roughly two years ago at church, and you've always been relatively in this particular shape. And I don't know if it was you or someone else that at one point said, well, did you know what Mark Horn looked like about 10 years ago? And I didn't know about your stroke. We didn't know about, you know, the things that you had gone through physically. And so, yeah, it really was like, no, we had we had no idea. And then so, and I think you or someone showed us a picture and it was like, wow, you have really come a long way um, transforming your body. What was the stroke itself? And I guess you can kind of talk about that. Maybe it to be maybe we can talk about point of origin here, which was you had a yeah. stroke in what year and how much did you weigh? And tell us about that. Yeah, let's hope I get this right. Um, I believe the stroke is going on. Seven and a half years ago. All right, it'll be um, I think October tenth will be the next stroke anniversary. It'll be my eighth stroke anniversary, which <laughs> is the word I made up. But you know what wow. I mean. Yeah, that is actually that. You know, other people use it. Um, so to answer your question, no, that's not the point of origin. Okay. It was about a year and a half before, and that's important, um, because um. I couldn't have had the kind of ambitions and blind faith and plan that I had if that hadn't already become my life. So this, uh, this actually is actually a really good question. Um, so stop me when you get bored and have something else to ask me. Okay. Okay. But um, a couple years before, I thought I was going to be making a pretty good money at, uh, as a freelance writer because I had a particular client. I did make pretty good money. But it, it made me think about some things, and I've been living kind of hand to mouth. And I thought about I should do something, anything. I was it was like random. I should develop something that's just a hobby. It's just um, to get better at something. And I considered like you know I have friends who are into shooting, but you know that that was no matter. I mean I, I didn't make that kind of money. You know it seemed too expensive. It seemed like I, it was kind of prohibitive. So. I didn't do that. And I thought about, well, what about a martial art or something like that? You know, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu or something. And I, I looked around at that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just seemed too, too much time, too much money, you know. And I just decided to do the easy thing. I, I, I joined a commercial gym for $10 a month. Then maybe $20 when I got the full membership, but you know, real cheap. Mm-hmm. And, I went into the gym and I was, I looked like those pictures. Um, how much did you weigh around weighed, that time? Do you remember how much you weighed? The earliest recorded weight I have is 243. 243. And you're roughly you five foot 10, 5'9? How tall are you? Uh, I, I thought most of my life I was five foot 10. I think I was five foot nine because I never really made it that way. I took it on faith that I would, you know, get that far and didn't bother to measure myself or confirm or deny it. <laughs> no, I was five nine, and I'm probably five eight now. Okay, I get these very disconcerting measurements now, and people <laughs> tell me things I don't want to hear. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so I, I don't think two forty three was my heaviest, but that's the heaviest like the time I started weighing myself. Mm-hmm. But you notice I didn't say anything about wanting to be healthy or get healthy or become better or anything. I said nothing about that, um, because that wasn't that was something I thought might be good. You know, I went to join the gym, so I wanted to get better in some way. I was not concerned about anything. Um, and um, I think that's ironic. because I don't know that I would have just shamelessly joined a gym and just started working out if I had been kind of self-aware. I, I think, uh, you know, being self-aware in some ways is a dangerous thing. It doesn't actually inspire action. It inspires discouragement. So 
I, I'm just telling you, that's just take that for what it's worth. My story is, you know, you want to, um, now are you, what's that? Oh yeah. I want a hobby. That's right. So, um, so did you know what you were doing when you walked into the gym or did you have to figure that out? And was strength training the first thing you tried? Yeah. For about three, well, it was always some version of strength training, probably with some cardio thrown in because CrossFit was more influential then than it is now. And some other things I, I, um, nerd fitness had just kind of started up as an internet presence. And I'd read an article where he talked about how great it was. The guys in the the movie, the 300, you know, the horrifically violent movie, right? How they, um, they did all these exercises in in balanced ways, you know? So I started trying to do pushups on like a BOSU disc thing that, you know, because that's a bunch of silly stuff that, um, and this is pre-stroke, anyway. right, Mark? This is pre-stroke. Yeah, this is all pre-stroke. This is okay. a year over a year pre-stroke. Okay. Put my, but I want to say, so I got into, I heard of something called strong lifts, and I, the idea that you would do a barbell movement and the next time you'd go in and do it again and just put five pounds in the bar, five pounds more. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that kind of stuff. Now that that's kind of a silly program in, in some ways there, there's some problems with it but it actually got me thinking about stuff like getting stronger every day or every week you know getting stronger being able to stand up with your body weight in your hand or twice your body weight in your hand which i've done now um that um you know that there was such a thing as a squat, which I had never done. It had been something weird thing I'd seen Arnold do on that movie, Pumped, whatever that movie, pumping whatever that, iron, that movie was. Yeah, yeah pumping iron. So, <laughs> um, and I, I think he, anyway, I don't want to say anything else about it. But the point is, so I basically started squatting three times a week, deadlifting every other session, so twice or once, so one point five on average times a week, um. And doing and bench press and doing overhead press. Later on, I found um, starting strength, which was a little bit less volume, but a little bit more knowledgeable program, but not as much as I thought. Um, and I still, you know, follow those accounts. I mean, so basically, this is, I don't, you haven't shown any of my before or afters yet. And you see, this was never about losing weight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't stress, this was never about losing weight. Now, I stumbled on some keto propaganda or paleo primal that that's like that was pretty big then. And I actually did make some progress on that. Mm-hmm. By that, I started, I altered my diet. And um you know, I I don't eat that way anymore, so I don't endorse that, but it did it did break all my eating habits. Mm. It, I mean, it just broke. And I, I think I didn't think of this habit. I didn't think getting hungry was a habit. But it, to some extent, was malleable. <clears throat> so that was something else going on. So my weight did start to trend downward. Mm-hmm. Well, I got, and then I eventually started counting calories because I thought I, need, I decided I did need to lose a little weight. But at the same time, at every point, I did know that food was really important. And I wanted to eat it because I wanted to get stronger. I wanted to not, you know, not regress on these lifts, which I was continuing to make progress in. And, um, and I, I think that's, that's really one I want to bring home here is that I was not thinking, you talk about my transformation. Honestly, that I kind of stumbled into that. Um, well, when, well, let me put it this way. When we get to the stroke, right? Uh-huh. I lost another 20 pounds having the stroke. I did not like that. I did not want anything to do with that. I had uh, starting strength propaganda. Was it a, an adult male as a person who weighs 200 pounds? And I didn't let the fact that I was 5'8 kind of change that or make me question that at all at the time. So, you know... I could see, I, I, I thought about sending you a picture of if I could find one with just me just after the stroke, but you know, I could see too much clavicle here and it just, it, it, I didn't, it, I looked weak. Sure. Didn't like it would look weak. I mean, it's more important that you 
are strong, but the other thing is you like to look strong. So anyway, it sends signals yourself, whatever. So I basically, after the stroke, got back up to 30 and then kind of, you know, looked at footage of me doing deadlifts in a t-shirt, you know, white, like undershirt one day. I said, man, that's probably time I should cut back, you know. My lifts were going up again. And this time I had enough knowledge and I, I just threw away the entire keto paleo thing and just high protein, plenty of carbs. I mean, basically a protein floor, a calorie ceiling. In other words, you know, only so many calories, but only always as much protein. And then try to use fiber. And, and I became impossible to cook for. I mean, like, you know, anytime my dear wife wanted to cook me a casserole, I'd be like, well, how am I going to weigh this? Because <laughs> that's it. I, I went the full thing and, and, you know, bought a food scale. And it become really easy to get along with, let me tell you. So um, that, that's sarcasm, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. I, I recognized it. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you got that. Okay. So I did that because I knew I'd want to gain weight again. And I can't, you know, it'd get ridiculous. So I wanted to trim back. So I could keep going forward. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of trimmed back and I kind of liked it a little bit better than I had been. And I kind of then started rethinking the 200 pound limit. So after 200 pounds, I kept thinking, well, maybe 10 more pounds. And so I, I basically got under a buck 55, like sometime in October of this year. Wow. Um, that was, that was some of that was unintentional. You know, you, you think you found maintenance and all of a sudden, you're trending downwards again, so maybe walk more or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then um, just fill out the information at the end of this, at the end of um, excuse me, at the beginning, the first week of November, I was about one fifty five point three five on a weekly average. You know, I take my weight every day, but then just look at the average. So yeah, I'm now controlling all this. Yes, it's it's totally neurotic, mm-hmm. uh, allegedly. Um. And so I have gained 15 pounds, which I stopped. I stopped my my bulk like two weeks ago, and I'm going to try to maintain this for two months, and then go back down to something. Sure. Hopefully not all the way back down to 155, but you know we'll see. We'll just sure. See. I have no idea what I'm doing. So, um, that was all unintentional. I stumbled into that. Um, and by the way, and I got lots weaker. I mean, when I got down to 200, I, for the first time, pulled 400 pounds, you know, one time for a deadlift PR. I never got that weight again. Um, now, at 158, I pulled 327 times. So, you know, that's, you know, double body weight. I've done that multiple times. If you want to give, you know, give me credit for relative kind of things. Mm-hmm. But, um. All of this is to say, there was a there was something I was wanted to get to before the stroke, before I knew the stroke was going to happen, and before I looked different. Before I looked, I looked a little bit different, but no one was noticing. No one was saying much. No one was caring, and that's fine. I mean, my life, not theirs. <laughs> uh, I sent you a picture of me with my dad right before he passed. I went to there's a, a picture of me just dressed in black. Okay. I mean. The reason I sent you that picture, though, I, I wanted you to, you know, compare that to my before and afters. I felt amazing. I mean, I was stronger than I'd ever been in my life, as far as I knew. I mean, I, I was, you know, I, I, and I'm not even that, you know, powerlifters would scoff at my numbers. And I'm, you know, I don't know what my numbers should be. I mean... I don't know a lot of 48-year-olds who started lifting for the first time, at least barbell lifting for the first time, powerlifting kind of moves for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, at, at my age demographic and my genetics and my height and weight. So I just don't know how to say, and it's not about comparing myself to other people unless, I'm just saying, I was one, I was stronger than I'd ever been, and two, I had something to do <laughs> that I was going to do for the rest of my life as far as I was, as long as God allowed me to do it, that made me stronger. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if I get to the point where I start just losing strength, well, fine, I'll lose it as slowly as possible. You know, you're, you're going to have to pry up for my fingernails. Each five pounds off the bar. 
<laughs> and it made you more energetic. I mean, it's kind of like all of a sudden I have, I don't have to think about getting up and all of a sudden I'm out of the chair this time instead of like remembering how I used to groan or get up. I mean, now, by the way, with age, you know, like I get stiff. I mean, not everything gets soft by the barbell, but it is like a, in a lot of ways, I was traveling backwards in time biologically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I mean, I, it was just, and you know, and that's before I lost a lot of the weight. And like I said, I, I lost a lot of the strength when I lost the weight. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no other way to put it. And, you know, obviously I had a stroke. I mean, you, we've talked, we just mentioned that. And so, yeah, when I how had this stroke, how, hold on a second, how catastrophic was the stroke? Like how, how bad, what was the degree of how bad that was? So I'm better now. So not that much, but yeah, I could barely move anything on my right side. Wow. Now I, was, I had no problems with um, nerve, like feeling perception. Like I didn't have anything like that. I only, it was purely motor, motor units, motor area of the brain. Um, my speech was pretty good. I didn't have to do much speech therapy. They, they, they didn't know they kicked me out. So, but yeah, I was like, um, you know, the claw, like in the, the toy story game and, you know, the, the game, the coin operated the claw, you know, that was how I lifted. I, you know, the first, the first wow. week in rehab. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I had to control everything. I mean, I could just pick up something with my left hand without even thinking about it, mm -hmm. you know. And with my right hand, I had to mathematically calculate the spatial dimensions of every single finger. You know, I, I was joking, but it's like, you know, Max Wing Pilot, my R2 unit has been hit. I, I, I've got to do it all manually. And it's just, it's really hard. And also, when you know, I could stand, and if I didn't forget to, to remember to tense my knee, I would standing the moment i got distracted by anything my knee would suddenly fold under me wow. i mean i i would catch it and stand back up so that was all gone or mostly gone and um it got better kind of quickly um and i had hopes i just i mean maybe i'd hope maybe it was a rational hope or maybe i just couldn't contemplate being that way forever i mean after the first or second night when I started seeing some improvements, I mean, the first night I thought my life was over because I knew it. So, um, but you see, that's, this is the thing. I, I mean, the people who cared for me were very diligent and educated people. I'm not sure how much the physical therapy kind of stuff did for me. Mm -hmm. I healed up a little bit. I got to the point, I came home, I walked with a cane. I walked a lot with a cane. I had even a walker, but you know, I, you can't use a walker in my house. There's no room for it. So I ended up just using a four footed cane. And, um, I would, um, I'd walk away. I was just stuck at home. You know, my wife had a job that had to take her out of the house. So I was by myself all the time. Kids were at school. And, um, I, you know, my gait was up lopsided, but it was getting better. And so my birthday, um, 48, yeah, for my 48th birthday, Club Fitness, where I had my membership, is, is across the road from me. You know, it's across the intersection. So without telling anyone, I left my cane at home and just walked to my gym, which I hadn't been in in a month. And I, I didn't bring my cane just because I didn't want anyone paying attention to the fact that I was like, you know, hobbling or walking weird or whatever. And, um, because of my birthday, they immediately like said happy birthday to me and scared me because I meant they were watching me and stuff. I didn't like that. Anyway, so I go in there and I, I just, uh, squatted the bar and I did a overhead press the bar because, you know, I could get my feet in place to stand, uh -huh. you know, and I, um, they had these, uh, 60, these 10 pound plastic plates. So I was able to do a deadlift for 65 pounds, you know, 45 pound bar and two 10 pound discs. And two days later, I went and did that again with uh, five pounds more on the bar. And by March, or maybe it was May, I had squatted 275 pounds for five 
which was better than anything I'd gotten to before the stroke. Mm-hmm. So I knew absolutely objectively that I was stronger than I'd ever been before the stroke, at least to the extent that a squat determines that or can t- test for that. Um, and I was deadlifting more than I ever had before. And meanwhile, I mean, I look over in my room one time and saw, saw my cane standing there in the corner and could not remember the last time I'd used it. And I got completely better. Wow. Um, so, I mean, now that's, I mean, technically, like if I carry a drink in my right hand instead of my left, I notice a little bit more um, disturbance in the liquid if I'm holding them in my right hand. So there's there's stuff that's asymmetric and may have been from the stroke. Though, of course, we're all asymmetric, and I'm just paranoid about it now. So who knows <laughs> if that's really from the stroke or just me. Um, so, so God total, was really good for me, good so, to me. Yeah, go ahead. The total recovery time on that then was how long from the stroke to the time you walked back into club fitness and then you progressed? What was that time period? Well, the time I walked back into club fitness was only a couple of months. Just a few months. Um, okay. Yeah, just a couple of months, but I, I wasn't walking normally. And, and yeah, and by the way, I used the club fitness for the other things. I like went to the room with all the mirrors because someone was using it for dance class or whatever. And I just walked trying to make my gait normal, looking at getting video, you know, eye feedback. So I was, um, I did some things like that. Um, I noticed that when I tried to do a jump squat at home, because, you know, I was trying to come up with exercises to do before I walked to the gym, my right leg, you know, the, the affected side, would like mule kick the floor rather than land soft, you know, and let me bend the knees to another one. And I started doing something called a push press, which is where you kind of jump with a bar and push it up. You know, so there's a straight, strict overhead press. I did a few of those and that corrected itself. That was what I needed to do. I had this faith and I, I don't think it was scientific and I don't necessarily, I think it's worth trying, you know, if you can. But, you know, I had this faith since a lot of strength training involves just neurological adaptations. Um, that it would change my, it would help my brain rewire. I mean, mm. you know, my brain was trying to, I guess, move the people in the new offices or whatever, whoever was the little guys there who do, do my navigation for my different finger parts and limbs and stuff. And um, I, it just, I thought that would encourage the process. And I was right. Now, you know, I can't prove that that's going to happen to everyone. And, and there are plenty of people who get more de- permanently devastated. And so they can't even hold, like they never can't, they've got to wear a glove. I mean, they find strength training benefits to them too, but they don't. I mean, I was very blessed and fortunate. Um, yeah. yeah, so, so I, I have a picture of me, you know, I'm sorry, just, I have a picture of me a few months, a couple months after like February, um, plow, uh, shoveling snow in my, in my driveway because we needed the snow to be shoveled, you know, before the stroke, I never took pictures of myself shoveling snow. That was not selfie material. <laughs> I was really excited to be useful. So yeah. it was a blessing to be able to use my limbs. And anyway, so I, yes, your question, I'm sorry. Yeah. So obviously some benefits you've already stated, you think that strength training was a huge part of your recovery. Um, it's given you more energy. Are there other benefits that you can point to from this time of starting? Well, so, I mean, I've just read reviews. There's, if you go online, you'll find allegedly there's mental benefits and I, I don't want to, I feel like I'm setting myself up to disappoint you if I say that I've benefited greatly mentally. I, I just, I hope I have. I mean, who knows what it'd be like <laughs> without that, right? So I think so. Um, and there's supposed to be like bone hardening stuff, you know, bone thickening, it, mineral bone density is, is positively affected. Um, I, but also the optimism that comes from being on a program and knowing that you're always going to be pursuing this. And feeling like you're getting better. Um, like I said, eventually, I mean, I'm not promising. I, I know I'm going to die. So there's no immortal, like, delusions here. But um, still, it's, I mean, like, I mean, like in the stroke, I wanted to go home. I want to get away from my physical therapist, who, God bless them, they're wonderful people. And I wanted to get under the barbell again. I knew that would help in some way. Yeah. You know, and then I did it. And I did it again. And it's weird because I think in a sense, the stroke um, actually kind of put my weird hobby out of this weird hobby 
what's Mark doing category into, oh, this is good for him. It's therapy. He should, mm -hmm. he should be doing this. It is therapy. Everyone should, no, everyone who should look into it. I mean, you do what you want to do, but, um, I almost got carried away there. I apologize, but no, that's a good question. That's a good question I to ask though. No. Is it, is it, is it for everyone? I mean, shouldn't we all be kind of taking okay. care of our bodies to some extent, even if we're not doing strength okay. training? Look, Jesse, if you want to say so, I think I would kind of so. want to agree with you. But, I'll say so, and you, and you can agree. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> but the thing is, look, okay. Lately, I've heard a lot of pastors commenting on this. I have nothing to say to you as a pastor about whether you should watch Netflix. I mean, I might have something to say if you ask about civics, but in general, right, I am not your life coach. And, you know, to a certain extent, I want, when I talk about strength training, I mean, I'm talking about something that I have nothing to say from Jesus about it. Okay. And sure. it's kind of important to say that. Um, and I certainly, that's why, you know, the, the, the weight part, I even want to say less about that. Now I'll, I'll talk about it, but I just want to be clear talking about my experience. We can talk about what we think we know about health and stuff. And we can talk about, how things might be make positive positive changes in people's lives, but people have to figure out what works for them, how it fits. You know, I've done more things wrong than right to get better. You know, I told I don't actually believe in the stuff that got me started on the weight loss stuff. You know, the the keto and the paleo and the bulletproof diet and the butter that I used to put in my coffee and all that. I mean, <laughs> I did the whole thing, and I kind of think that was. Anyway, um, some people might say that's why I had a stroke. I mean, the fact is no one knows why I had a stroke. But still, there's, yeah. you know, these these questions. So um, I do think this. Everybody has a skeleton that they control with their muscles. And people can keep that stuff running and improving a lot longer than their youth. It's not just for college students. It's not just for um, teenagers. In fact, I mean, we get all our perceptions about the barbell and about strength training in general. You notice, by the way, we haven't even talked about machines and dumbbells, which up until about a year ago, I would pretty much spit on. So, you know, there, you don't <laughs> want me say doing that. You wouldn't want me doing that, right? That'd be, that'd be, that'd be a mistake. Um, <laughs> I've gotten over some of my superstitions, I think, barbell superstitions. But look. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So you see, see, yeah, see, I've grown as a person. That's why I'm, I try not to be, I try to be a little bit less dogmatic. Um, <laughs> so, oh, golly, where were you? Oh, everyone's, and everyone has to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know, I mean, I, there's a YouTube video about some, a pastor talking about some parishioner asked, do I have to go to the gym? I don't like it. And of course, if he had just said, no, you don't have to, and left it at that, I wouldn't have been so enraged. But he started talking about how, oh, no, you could spend your time memorizing Bible verses. I'm like, shut up. You know she's asking if you can watch more Netflix. You know that that's what's going on here. No one, no one's doing that. That's not a thing. Um, and then he talked about how, well, there's a guy in our church who's a fireman, and he needs his strength training because he's required to for his job be your own fireman. You know, you don't have to wait for someone to get you out of a burning building. You know, don't get decrepit when you don't have to be. So, all right. That's good. That's good. It, people can get stronger than they know. Yes. And they can do it without really that much time and effort. And I mean, the thing about the barbell that was nice was I could say, I could do the math. Now, this is actually a fallacy, but it's still with a nice psychological boost. I could say, why is it so easy to go up the stairs now? Oh, I know. I can squat more than my body weight for multiple times. So that means everything is half as hard as it used to be. Just everything gets easier in your life. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Now, people who have done this their whole lives, I guess, don't realize that. But, you know, for me, it was like, it's just dramatic. I really felt it. Yeah. And um, so um, do I think it's for everyone? Biologically, it's available. It's like the most baseline thing you can do to improve yourself. And 
what do you want to prove at? Well, maybe all of a sudden you'll want to go outside more. This is the thing. You talk about losing weight. I mean, get people to like doing stuff and feel capable. And maybe that other stuff will open up to them. Like, it, it, that's really how it happened to me. I mean, you know, I'm basically thinking about gaining and losing weight is basically sub, a subservient issue to improving on strength training. Um, now, that won't be everyone's story, but I'm just saying it, 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 it's, it's a transformative thing to do. It is. And, um, you know, I've worked in a retirement home. A couple trying to look after one another where they both have to use walkers. That's a hard thing to watch, especially when you know it's not, nine times out of ten, it's not, it's avoidable. Right. I mean, it's avoidable and the people will be happier. Mm-hmm. They only knew that. Um, and so, you know, the way I feel about it is that, you know, I get to train. God's allowed me. I get to do this. That's an amazing privilege. I cannot believe I didn't, wasn't aware of it sooner. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And um, so. So for somebody who maybe has never done strength training, but they're thinking, hey, that sounds pretty good. You can have these goals and set them. You can be stronger, not even hung up on the weight or where it's going to take you, but just get stronger. Where do you think they should start? Especially because you made some mistakes beginning. What's your suggestion with all that you know now? How to begin? Well, first of all, I made some mistakes in the beginning, maybe, but um, they weren't bad mistakes. They were better than doing nothing. So yeah, you they, learned. That's the that's the one thing I'd say that's very important too. And this is where you know you might chime in, Desi. I mean, I've realized that people do it other ways. Um, so if someone wants to go to the gym and just use machines. That would be a good thing. If you can afford a gym membership, if it's convenient to you, all right. You go and you use the machines or you use dumbbells. You look up some program, any program, and you start doing it. And you do it a certain number of days a week. And you get in the habit of doing that and being there. And once that habit is in place, then you can say, well, wait a minute. Is this really, maybe I'm not liking this as much or seeing kind of feeling getting, getting these incredible experiences that Mark Horn has talked about, you know, (laughs) it's promising to everyone, right? Um, well, then you can change what you do, but you've already got in place that you're, you're showing up and you're, you're doing something. Now, look, if you can get into a barbell program, like I'm talking about, it begins with kind of the idea of of linear progression. That's that's kind of a myth, but it's, it's a psychological boost. Um, that's the idea where you're going to add five pounds to the bar, you know, like every time or once a week or something like that. All right. And the nice thing about that is it worked at first and it's addictive and you're stronger than you were before because you, you're doing more than you could do before, or, you, or at least more than you were willing to try before. I mean, that's the trick. You probably could have done it, but anyway. So you kind of adapt. There's, you learn, a, it, it, there's kind of a skill involved. So you learn that. And so I would say, like, the number one resource I would do, you recommend right now and i'm not recommending them on anything as a but as a training program or training advice is barbell barbell medicine and that's a website barbellmedicine.com they have a free beginners program they also have an app which they use to sell programs but they also let you use it for whatever you want to do you know you you put in your exercises record what you do um keep a log um and the, but you can get the free, their free training program on their free app, you know, and then you can look at samples from the other programs they have. And I think they're the best as far as how to do this with barbells. Um, there are other good, good ones. Um, so that's, you know, I'm assuming that the listener who's listening to a, watching the video probably has access to a smartphone and that's all you need. Um, you know, so that's one. I mean, now another guy I kind of listened to for some another organization that I kind of use for some um, inform, some information is Renaissance Periodization. Now, can you say that name one more time? Oh, sorry, Renaissance Periodization. The stroke did affect my speech a little bit. Um. Anyway, Renaissance Period and Renaissance periodization okay and, it's a uh, big now, word look, 
Yeah, I know. Basically, it means, I think the, the key is you do things in different stages and go different blocks. And um, so they have a different philosophy. And if for some reason you want to do more machines and aren't embarrassed, like kind of pursuing things like muscular size versus strength, which they kind of are two different things. You kind of have to start alternating between one and the other eventually. So you can you can do it right away if you want. Um, he's got some um, playlists that are relatively clean of his otherwise foul language. So warning there. Um, but his playlists, I think, are pretty clean. And um, on um, playlists on um, strength training made simple, hypertrophy made simple. Now, he has a different whole different setup it's not with barbells primarily and it's machines and you know you can decide and he's like a an admitted a self-admitted you know steroid using bodybuilder i mean he's as wide as he is tall um he's not very tall but anyway he's a he's a nice guy i mean as that goes but um and very helpful and very i think wants to give good information to people to help him out and um but he he's also got a lot of advice for you know eating and how to eat, how to eat healthy, how to maybe start losing weight and, you know, advice on how to win, not to lose weight, when to stop it and try to take a break and then go back to it, you know, and all this stuff. So, you know, he sells an app and the whole thing. I don't know anything about his app, but he's, he's got some pretty good information. So Renaissance periodization, I say, right, that perfect. And um, so I, that's a secondary source, but if you're, if you, if the barbells don't work for you or you're intimidated or something, or you don't, you just want to use the machines in your gym. You don't have access to them. You only have access to dumbbells and something. If you want to get more generic kind of advice that would fit into that, I would say look at him. Um, and, uh, you know, basically in that case, what you do is you do sets, you do reps until you, you're you within spitting distance of figuring you're not going to be able to do anymore and you stop and take a break and you do it again. You know, so... um. That's my real scientific explanation for what you do. But, um, and I've been doing some of that. Actually, during my bulk, I put away the barbells for a while and just did machines and dumbbells. Um, mainly because no one advises using dumbbells for, I mean, uh, deadlifts for volume work because you get too tired out. and you, I mean, you as a physical being get too tired out before your muscles really have gotten enough stimulus. So the idea is that you don't use them. I don't know that's true, by the way. You know, all this science is kind of debated and murky. Mm -hmm. um but but nevertheless you know yeah. if you get started and keep going it's not you're not gonna you're not gonna like you're not gonna stay unchanged yeah yeah so i, I do want so you, as you see to me barbells or strength training it is like a, a retirement plan i mean you're <laughs> doing this because you're an adult who wants to stay active um and you can you know i do other things like i take long walks and stuff like that but i'm just the strength training just cannot be overstated. It's not valued as it should be relative to other forms of exercise. So I'm trying to correct that single-handedly. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about food because food is a huge aspect to gaining or losing weight. Are you still tracking your calories? And if so, do you use a specific app or do you write things down? How are you tracking your calories? Yeah, I often wonder what my life would be like if I didn't have this little NSA tracker that I can carry <laughs> around in my, you know, pocket. And at least I'm getting some good out of it with it with it while it's spying on me. They um, know what you eat. <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh man. Um. So I was using my fitness pal for a long time, and I would pretty much recommend that. But they moved their bar scanner over to the paywall behind the paywall um. last year. And that offended me deeply. Um, <laughs> and you don't want to pay for so, the app? Uh, I don't want to pay for the app. I think they charge too much. I mean, it's a good app, but it's not a... So I use... um, I found something called Macro Factor, I think, which... Yeah, anyway, it, it lets me scan stuff. I mean, the scanner's inaccurate half the time anyway. I don't know why. I, <laughs> but that's what I use. But yeah, I, I use an app. There's other apps. I use a calorie counting app. Count, calorie counting app. Uh, I monitor, I started just monitoring protein and calories. And then as when that became like totally second nature, I started thinking about making sure I got enough fiber in the day and didn't 
get more than 10% of my calories from saturated fat. There's some other stuff, but that, you know, I don't know how much of that is absolutely true versus the consensus. I don't know what to think about that. I just figure, I, I just, you know, whatever. I'm not a food scientist. At some point you just got to trust somebody or, you know, I follow it because it's easy to do that and not to and worry that I'm doing something wrong. Right. Um, but, um, you know, Mike Isertel, the guy at Renaissance Periodization, Periodization, he, um, I think he's the one who gave me that. I said that you do best if you keep your fats with between 0.3 and 0.5 grams per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if he's right. He's got a PhD. He's been doing this for a long time. He gave me lots of people advice who are very, you know, whatever, physically, you know, Obviously, by the way, actually, we got to let me just break in here since I haven't said anything about it yet. I don't want to admit that I know that the fitness industry is a morass of like public nudism and junk. I mean, sure. I know that. I mean, sure. all right. It's just sure. That's got to be understood. I You're mean, not a nudist, though, right? No, I'm not. I don't even like taking off my shirt. There we go. Um, yeah. So. I mean, it's funny because, you know, you see all these females who are like talking about how weightlifting has changed their lives. And, you know, a lot of them escaped anorexia because they once they had a barbell in their hands, they had a reason to think, oh, maybe I should eat. And they started eating. And, you know, but at the same time, I think they all talk about their mental health issues. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, people are supposed to not be so exposed all the time. You you know, you want to be, you know. That's not healthy. I don't know how to tell people that. So I don't keep my mouth shut. But um, anyway, you know, I, I, guys actually more likely just to wear sweatpants and large t-shirts and, you know, that kind of thing. So um, my point is, I know it's shallow. I know there's a lot of things wrong with it. I'm not, but the point is, you shouldn't let that keep you from what is a really good medicine and really good intervention in your life to make you feel better and do more and change your attitudes. I mean, I'll say one other thing. I mean, I remember um, I walked out of Walmart one day. This is after the stroke. It was, and you know, I had a flat tire and I'm like, Oh, I used to be able to change a tire, but that was 20 years ago. And, now I'm used to having a service do it for me because I, you know, it came with mobile phones, insurance. You started getting these roadside assistance, roadside assistance became so easy. Well, guess what? We had just changed insurance companies and we didn't have roadside assistance. I thought, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call Jennifer and complain about this. <laughs> I thought, you know, you spend probably six to nine hours a week strength training. He better have something to show for it. And I got down on my hands and knees, got the donut out, and I changed the tire. I mean, the donut turned out, I'd never seen it before. It'd been years, and it wasn't flat, so that was good. So I got my son to come and get the frozen food, so that was taken care of. And I changed the tire. And it's not that, I mean, that probably reveals more more bad things about me than good that I would even think about whining or whatever. But my point is, you know, wherever you're at, when you start training, you start realizing you're supposed to be useful. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you already know that. Maybe you don't need a reminder. But I'm saying that it affected me. I started becoming much more open to the idea that, you know, I'm supposed to do things for people or for myself or whatever. And I just. Yeah. Um, and you can't do that if you're immobile or not physically able to at a certain point in your life. And for many yeah. people, many Americans specifically that we see. They get to the point where it, there's a, a, a vast amount of, of immobility going on, not to mention the food thing. I mean, Americans don't we don't really take into account many of us what we're consuming. And as a result, I mean, it's just it's it's blowing us up in a lot of ways. But then it's also it's making us feel more fatigued. It's slowing us down. It's giving us bad health because in, in a lot of ways, we're not we're not taking into account just what we're consuming physically with, well, I, with the food. I agree. I mean, of course there's all these debates about what that should be and all that. And, um, you know, I've made my piece of what I'm doing now. Um, and uh, you know, 
the problem is you get into community, you get into fellowship and food in the Bible and all those things. And I, I know that's a big deal. Um, I will say this. Um, well, I look, if you feel better, there'll be more community. You know, there'll be more fellowship. I mean, all those things get better if you feel better. So, mm-hmm. and again, I would suggest putting the strength training piece of it first and seeing how that starts changing your other attitudes and making other things possible. That's, that'd be my advice. I mean, because otherwise it would have been, oh, I have to give up eating the food I like. That's no fun. And that would have been it. Me enduring hunger or what I thought was hunger. Um, and it just, you know, it, and then, it, and then there's this other, the other thing I will piece of advice I give to people. If anyone's listening to this and wants the, the body composition transformation piece of it more than the strength. Um, and obviously I eventually slowed down my strength training or my actual accomplishments accomplishments in order to do that. So I, I have some sympathy for that. Um, I hope I get it all back. I really do. But anyway, um, but also to look at it as I want to make myself a better version of myself. Not I want to join the skinny club because that you don't have to belong in any club. You don't have to become normal. And besides, and when you become normal, what are you going to do? Stop, stop training, stop, stop, stop caring about with it because now you've become, no, you're going to say, well, how can I get better? At least I think you should say that. You say, and I mean, and I don't mean like that, like you're always, I don't, look, I don't talk about killing it or grinding or, you know, getting <laughs> thrashed or whatever. I don't do that. That's not how I train. I mean, granted, like the heavy set going to be hard. How long does a heavy set last? Not very long. Yeah. All right. Um, You know, and the subsequent sets, you know, you're a little fatigued, so they're hard. But you know, I, mean, I don't do this. I mean, when I... I leave the gym, I can go home and just be myself and do other work. And, you know, so I'm just saying that, I mean, you know, rebarrel medicine, you know, you know, I'm not talking about what people think of, they think of CrossFit or something like that. I'm not talking about that. Uh So, but you can incrementally change yourself. Sure. And you'll be happier. Yeah. And you might be more effective in different aspects of your life. And I think that's worth considering. Um, it's not mandatory. I'm not. I'm not anyone's, you know, lord. All right. Um, I just think it should be considered. Absolutely. You know, um, and you you brought up an interesting point with food and like you have certain goals and so you want to eat a certain way to support those. But there is this aspect of community and eating with your family. Have you sorted through some of what that looks like? Are you more lenient at certain times when you're fellowshipping with other people? Do you take that into account? Well, um, yeah, I do. Um, you know, I would su- suggest though. I'm trying to think of what I was what I was like when I was cutting, and I think probably my memory has done me the service of cutting out all the unpleasant aspects of myself from that, you know, from that period. Um, <laughs> I mean, now I think of it like I'm skipping a rock. I mean, I'm monitoring my food sometimes, but sometimes I'm not. And, but I'm weighing myself, I keep the weight going. And again, by the way, some people think weighing yourself every day is like some kind of neurotic fixation. I don't pay attention to it. I just want the weekly average. I just want the trend line, you know, and you can't have a trend line if you don't have data. So I'm not, I I don't, I really ignore it kind of. I just, put it in my, my um, health app and and move on with my life. Um, but the point is, so I can, right now, I can just kind of make exceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some of, I mean, l- listen to when I said I was bulking. I, I started bulking in, 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 in November. So what do you think there was? It was Thanksgiving, my birthday, my anniversary, Christmas, New Year's. And then I, I went on. You, you think bulking would be easy? You think gaining weight is easy? I tell you, a couple of weeks I backslid. I could not keep it up. I don't know what. Anyway, because um, um, those weeks, those meals where I didn't track, actually ate less than I meant to instead of more. Because I guess when you're like stuffed full, um, 
you do the opposite of what you do when you're cutting, you, you know, where you underestimate the amount of food you're eating. Anyway. Right. So I don't, all I can say is here's what I, I would tell someone. You're not doing this forever, or at least not this element of it. You're not doing that forever. Um, you're not cutting forever, and, uh, right? You're saying, right. You're right. Not so you're, you're not cutting calories in perpetuity and, in your life and, and just eating like a very small amounts forever. And yes, God, God wants you to fellowship with people. God wants you to eat with cheerfully and be happy. But some of that might get easier if you say, I can do that, but I can do that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Or I can do that, but it's not going to be as easy right now. I mean, you know, that's the thing about the way I'm eating now is that nothing, just about nothing is off limits. I just say, I can't have that yet, or it's not in today's calories. I mean, now the thing where you have to harden your forehead like Flint is if you have a job, they're always trying to fatten you up. I mean, you know, offering you food all the time. It's very nice of them when you say thank you, but no thank you. And you've got to, because unless you, no one thinks, oh, we need it. This guy's tracking this stuff. We get, have to give him 24 hours notice. Because I could eat it if I, had, if I had planned for it. But, you know, I've already had too many animal crackers because I didn't know how this was coming down to, this was going to be offered to me. Crackers. So, um, yeah, tell us about animal crackers. Yeah, we've seen you post a lot about animal crackers. Um, yeah, a friend of ours at church, I won't say his name because I don't want to violate his privacy, but he, he told me they were, he, he, he got the idea that, that he saw they were pretty much a pure carb. Uh, so obviously, you know, I'm lifting weight and I've found that, you know, losing weight actually makes it harder to get, to lift heavier weights or to keep pro- progressing. So obviously I do not want to, when I plan a cut, I only want to eat, I mean, it's not like I want to get a, when you're in this mindset, you're not like, oh, I want to lose all the weight as fast as possible. Or I'm not hungry and I've only had 1,500 calories. Well, that's great. That's great. What a night. I'll, look how much weight I'll lose tomorrow. No, you you want to you only want to lose. You I mean, you only want to restrict your eating as much as you plan. So, of course, at the same time, I don't kind of like, you know, when I'm eating my meals, I don't like, I think, well, what if I'm going to be a little bit hungry later? So anyway, if I have calories left over, I just weigh out the, the animal crackers. And I often have calories left over. So yeah, animal crackers are like my nightcap. A lot of times. Nice. A lot of times. Animal crackers, graham crackers sometimes, they're they're a little bit more calorically dense. So mm. not as much graham crackers. Um, mini marshmallows have been known to appear. You know, whatever. <laughs> I have a bunch of like this dry. Now, by the way, I eat broccoli and all that other stuff. I'm just saying, you know, broccoli has hardly any calories. So you know, you always have room for the animal crackers then too. Um, <laughs> so that's it. I mean, people, I mean, I do eat, you know, a lot of protein and a lot of yogurt, and a lot of broccoli, Brussels sprouts, um, baked potatoes. But um, yeah, I also have crackers and whatever else I have to do so I can make sure I don't, don't under eat too much. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I was doing. So, and I'll be doing it again in a couple of months. Well, maybe I'll I'll, re- I'll remember and tell you stuff I forgot about. But um, as far as how I deal socially with it, but um, sure. right now I've been bulking, so it's been pretty easy to like like at church meals. I think I've, I've some people have had their eyes wide by my how much I had on my plate, but that was because I was trying to gain. So <laughs> anyway. that's great. That's great. Okay. Um, is Anything that, else? What do you wait? Yeah, Jesse, you're you guys are interviewing me, but you. You work out. Why don't you talk about what you do? Yeah. Uh, Courtney and I actually both work out. We try to do a regimen of about four to five days in the gym uh, right now, typically. I might do a home workout as opposed to going to the gym for one of those days. Uh, and then we've been doing a lot of walking. We try to walk around 10,000 steps a day. And um, my fitness pal in really tracking our food, tracking our calories, figuring out, because we're both on a cut right now. We're both cutting. So um yeah fellowship yeah, make sure you sync that up all the time because that'll make for great marital peace yes. very up, you know. <laughs> we've both acknowledged yeah, it would be a lot harder if it's just one of us was doing it it, it it's harder just, to go over to in-laws or my parents house or, or someone from church and yeah. be like oh uh i'll eat just a little bit here or whatever because we're really trying to track and we're trying not to cheat as at least as much as possible sometimes yeah. we have but 
Rarely. I realize, I, Courtney, let me, I should have fully answered you. I realize now I left some stuff out of your question about eating and food. I mean, one of the things is, you know, eating, I'm eating like four meals a day. And that's mainly a protein acquisition thing. I, I, I um, my understanding, here's another piece of the science, which, you know, I'm not a food scientist or, you know, I, but I think this is more true than just I heard this on the internet. I mean, get, got this from Barbo Medicine. Um, my understanding is that your body absorbs, like, all right, your body has a dose response to um, protein. So I'm an old guy, I'm 55, and probably my response is blunted. I'm less protein sensitive than I would be if I was younger. So I want to have a lot of protein at once. Say instead of 20 grams, I want to have 40 grams. Okay. So I get 160 grams of protein a day from like good sources. I also have more protein than that from like because broccoli has protein too, and I don't know how to whether that should count or not, so I don't count it. Um, I don't know if that's right or not, but anyway. <laughs> but I want to eat these meals. Apparently, if you like had a protein drip, like it started dripping protein into you like on a regular like at a regular continual feed all day. You would not benefit from that as much as having this kind of a surge of protein. And then your body won't use subsequent protein to do anything that you wanted to do for about three hours. So thus, I'm eating three meals. And the reason I bring that up is because one easy way to adapt to what you said about having these meals is to just not eat anything else until you get there and only, you know, eat one meal a day, so to speak. And right. that's probably fine. But that's not how I operate. And, and so all these things, problem is they, they become habits and they become neuroses. And, you know, so that's what I do. But um, I, you know, basically I want to, the takeaway from that that might be more applicable to anyone else is that snacking is kind of a bad idea. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think that if people just ate meals, like they said, I'm going to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, maybe one other snack or something and regular regularly scheduled it. I think then they could actually, you know, once you do that, then, then controlling the size portions, you can make other alterations from there. You can't really, the grazing thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess what I'm saying is if people would do that and get all their food, eat a lot, eat enough to satisfy them, eat it, not, not eat to lose weight, just eat enough with, without, having this habit of chips and cookies and stuff. I mean, other than the dessert or with the, the meal they eat. All right. I think that would go a long way to helping them when they wanted to do something to control it. They would have more control over it. And yeah. that would be without necessarily tracking. I mean, you know, just saying, Oh, I'm going to have a protein centered meal, you know, a vegetable, you know, doing that kind of stuff. If you got used to eating that way, then you can make other alterations and it wouldn't be so, such a fundamental revolution in what you're used to. So anyway, I mean, maybe that was a digression. I thought that it seemed related to something you'd ask. Anyway, so you say, no, so you have a home workout, you have a home, you have a home gym or you have like dumbbells or what do you have? Yeah. So we have a, we have a gym that we go to and we go typically four days a week. And then on a fifth day, like on a Saturday, I might do, I do some dumbbells, um, body weight kind of stuff at home in the basement. So where did you get your plan from? Um, right now I'm on a plan using an app called the Str Strong app. And so I log all of the workouts that I do, all of the weight, um, various body parts that I'll okay. do. So, you know, I, on Monday I'll have a shoulder day. On Tuesday I have back and buys. Um, right. You know, so See, I have different days where I break down body parts and things. I'm I'm not into all of just the, you know, what you're doing with the barbells and things like that. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. And I'm interested in it. I don't, that's not how my workout is regimented. Right. right so you see, this is how I've grown as a person that I don't, I think that's an actually fine thing to do. And I might, like I said, I was doing something like that during my bulk, but that was like a sea change for me. And it's kind of humbling um, because I started realizing that maybe if I had just taken a break from the barbell and done like some more bulking up kind of strength training from time to time and then got back to the barbell that I would be just as strong as if as my oh, I'm going to stick with the barbell from you know 
no matter what all the time because that's the only thing that's good and everything else is for losers and all that all this prop, barbell propaganda I was I was getting <laughs> it was and I I'm repenting actually this is my time to publicly repent so I think to me I I think maybe I would say that the barbells give you a, a closer proxy for total strength as a test I can see that like a like a like a deadlift is like how strong are you if you can pick up you know 500 pounds off the floor and stand with it for a minute or not a, not a literal minute i mean like a second or two <laughs> yeah being upright with it you know you're pretty strong okay 600 you're stronger and so since it is a good test then if you want to get better at the test the best way to to study for a test is to basically study to the test right take the test so you know a power lifter for example who's that's his thing. He's going to get his highest score on his, his lifts. He's going to have to practice his lifts because that's what he's going to have to get to do. And, you know, if you do dumbbells, yeah, you're, you get, you can say your muscles get big, but at the same time, how strong are you? But it's kind of question bearing because it really, there really is no test for strength. I mean, I said what I said about them being the closest you can come. The fact is there's no such thing as general strength. You kind of get strong at what you're doing. Right. right. So whatever you're, you know, you get better at the exercise you're doing. So, and then the question is, well, how much does it transfer over? Well, no one knows. I mean, how much better am I at man- manhandling a, a lawnmower into the trunk of my car when I can deadlift 250 versus when I can deadlift 275? You know, who knows? I mean, it's just <laughs> so, so, you know, being jacked is kind of a good stand in for strength as well. I mean, you know, right. have, being muscular, you know, that's all I mean. So, Anyway, all these things are awesome. I already told you about the kind of math thing I did where I realized I was, everything was twice as easy, you know, you know, oh, yeah. supposedly because yeah. and everything was easier. I mean, but I don't know. The numbers really made any difference. I mean, in that regard, it's because so, you're killing it, Mark. You're killing it. I'm just, not killing you it. You are Man, grinding my, my it away every day, but I'm going to try. <laughs> but my point is, so all these things are available if you can stay motivated. Yeah. You see, if you can stay motivated and get the habit, then any of these things work. As long as we're talking about resisting, you know, kind of resisting weight, getting stronger, you can, I mean, I like viewing it just as movements rather than as muscle parts, but that's really just a preference. It's really sure. not necessary. And I think that's great that you're doing that. How long have you been doing this? I've been going it's to the something. gym since I was 15, maybe something like that. It wasn't until fairly recent though that i really looked at the food intake and all of that to 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 figure out oh wait a minute i I need to be eating xyz and this many calories to actually lose weight and to do that i for me i I have always loved the endorphin rush for me work for you workout was a hobby that's what you got into it for for me it was about how good i feel when i work out and then do a little bit of jogging afterwards or running or mountain yeah. stairmaster or whatever just the, the, that those endorphins are very important um they really do and they have made me feel way better as just a person to you know live life it's we're yeah. just druggies aren't we yeah that's right <laughs> in, the, in the end we're wannabe druggies i guess i don't know i mean i don't no side yeah. effects though. I, I should add one thing, by the way, since we're talking about health and we talk about transformation in general. One of the things that I started doing um, after I was in the strength training was I started—I told you I started walking. And I, we we bought a dog, a dog that was a, a Jack Russell Terrier, who is my you know my fifth my fifth child, and um, I had to walk him to keep him from chewing chewing up the furniture. I mean, as a sure. puppy, you know. So I suddenly learned to take a five k walk. I mean, also during the lock lockdown i mean what yeah. else could you do right you had to yeah. walk outside and laugh at the people outside with masks on yeah so that's right that's walk right. a lot walk a lot um that's you know when i was starting to lose weight and I, I should tell tell you one thing when i when i added to strength training this calorie control you're talking about and walking a lot and also mm-hmm. when i started during my programs it wasn't just Oh, I want to have a great one rep max. I want to do five, no more. I mean, I started doing multiple, you know, lifting a barbell, like doing a set of 10. That was kind of a move, strange move for me at one point. Anyway, I don't know what it was that made the switch, but suddenly my blood pressure, which had always been borderline high, like pre-hypertension, it went down into normal and it stayed there ever since. Wow. 
so, you know, I can't say that one or what combination of things did that, but I, you know, so, um, a lot of these things, I think, actually, I've heard there's re, there's, there's evidence, I think, somewhere that buying a dog is something that can majorly change your health outcome because of the walking that you have to do. Well, having five um, so, small children like we do also <laughs> gets you moving. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, if you're if you're walking with them and being outside, but you know, yeah, not everyone does that, so it's just it's good just to walk. Um, yeah. I mean, I would like I think I should add some kind of hit thing, you know, on a recline bike or something, but I, you know, when I have more time, so yeah, yeah, that's good. That's um, good. I'm sorry. So, any any other questions? No, I think that's it. Do you have any other questions? I don't think so. It's very helpful. Mainly just find what motivates you and get started. Yes. Do something. Yes. Get started and make progress. Absolutely. So thank you very much for helping me through this. Um, Maybe I'll figure out how to put this in more organized fashion someday, but um, I liked talking to you about this. Thank you very much. Absolutely. You were great, Mark. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Love of Life podcast, Conversations with Jesse and Courtney. It is our duty through our schools to create a new one, a God-centered one. We are told in Proverbs 8, verses 35 and 36, For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death.